So how y'all doing this morning? Did y'all have a good week? Well, I'm excited about this morning in in more ways than one and have been excited about it for for weeks and just really praying about, you know, the whole Thanksgiving season. And, you know, every week we've been talking about, are we really thankful? Are we really, really thankful for the things in our life and for the things that that we get to, um, to be part of? And, you know, part of it, you know, I think um, at times we need to hear from other people besides just me and Donnie and Frank and Mike. And I mean, I know what we have to say is really important, at least in our minds it is. But, but we need, y'all need to hear from other people. You know, you need to hear how God's working. And, um, and so I've asked several different people to come this morning and share. And, 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 and I have, I'd like to keep your speaker over. And I have, um, I don't have any notes this morning. And so I'm going to wrap up whenever we get through. But I want you to hear the hearts of our people and about what God's doing. So I'm asking Miss Leanne if she'll come up, and if Mr. Arthur and Miss Allison will come up, and if Mr. Bobby Dale will come up, and, um, and each one of them is going to share, and we're going to start with Leanne first. Well, I'm going to pray before we get started. Father, we come to you right now, Father, just to say, um, Father, we love you. And Father, wow, what a beautiful day you've already blessed us with. Father, right now, Father, I beg that you come and meet with us. Father, right now, I ask that you put your hands on Miss Leanne and take away any nervousness that she might have as she shares about your love for her. And, Father, that you put your hands on Mr. Arthur and Miss Allison and Mr. Bobby Dale. And, Father, just let your love come out their mouths. Your praise come out all of their mouths. Father, because it's about you. And, Father, I know, as sure as I'm standing here this morning, that the devil is working in their minds, trying to make them second-guess what they need to say. Father, strike that out of their minds and let them just see you so that we, your church, can rejoice and praise you and you only. Father, we love you. In Son's name I pray. Amen. This is Miss Leanne Davis. Hi, y'all. How are y'all? And yes, I'm very nervous, but that's okay. And I'm going to lay this right here so I can have my cheat sheet. I want to say, first of all, that I do believe if it's Christmas time, miracles do happen because I am one. On January 10th, 2011, mine and my family's life changed dramatically. Clayton and Christopher were at home, and they found me unconscious laying outside. They called 911, and then they called Jimmy. By the time Jimmy had got home, I thought I was feeling better and thought I could make, you know, he could take me to the hospital. But as I was walking his his truck, I collapsed. So the ambulance came back and they got me. And by the time they were getting ready to back out of the driveway, I stopped breathing. Um, They rushed me to the closest hospital, which was Oshner's on O'Neill Lane. But because it was a cold, damp, cloudy night, they could, the helicopters couldn't fly, so the, the closest hospital with a uh, near, uh, 
neurosurgeon on call was in New Orleans. And thankfully, the ambulance driver that had rode with us was there and came, came in and got on the phone and found Dr. Fothery over at the Lady of the Lake in Baton Rouge. So I was rushed to the, to the Lady of the Lake where I had a coiling done, which is what they tell me looks like a uh, microfiber tip of a ballpoint pen in my head. And I also had a drain tube draining the fluid off of my brain. At that after the surgery, I was only given a 16% chance to make it. Um, I, on day three, I developed pneumonia because my, uh, I aspirated and my lungs had filled up with fluid. And I was, for day six through seven were criticals because, like I said, they didn't know that I was going to make it or not. And Jimmy and my cousin Randy, which is a pastor in Kentucky, come in, and Jimmy asked Randy, he said, Randy, will you please pray for Leanne to see if her blood pressure, you know, will rise and we get her out of this dark place she's in? And miraculously, after the prayer and everything, the ne my next blood pressure reading was a, lot, a whole lot better than what it was, was before, and they were like, okay, God's got this. So I spent several days in intensive care. I developed staph infection and all other kind of things that could possibly set me back. On day 12, I was awake and alert. I started physical therapy. Of course, I could only do minor things because I was learn, I had to learn how to walk and all that again. But I, did, I was able to walk. I take a few steps with assistance. On day 17, I finally got to go into a private room. But that didn't last long because I developed spinal, spinal meningitis and had to be put back into ICU. On day 22, I finally started improving and was turning around for the, for the better, for better. Um, they got tickled because I would, they would come in and I'd wiggle my hands and I'd give them a thumbs up. And on that particular day, my mama's Bible verse was, for I, I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of wounds, saith the Lord. On day 25, I was awake. Jimmy was actually in there feeding me breakfast and he never left my side the entire time I was in ICU. And finally, on day 40, they moved me to Neuromedical Center. And once I got to Neuromedical Center, it was a whole different ball game because there I got more one-on-one -on -one attention. I got the physical therapy, the speech therapy, and the physical therapy that I needed. I want to thank Jerry and other members of my church that actually came and built me a handicap ramp so when I came home, I would be able to get into my house. Um, on day 65, I finally came home, and that was truly a blessing there. And that, but after I got home, I still had to go through three days of three three days three times a week of physical speech and occupational therapy, and it was a long road for a person that had to learn how to walk and talk and everything again. But I'm thankful to be here because after that, I did therapy three times a week, which was cut down, and now I'm Leanne again. So I want to thank, thanks to the Lord and everybody else for all the prayers. Thank you, Leanne. She's 16% to be alive, but literally I remember standing there whenever they told Clayton and them that it was only a 1% chance that she would walk and talk. How big is our God?
And this is Miss Allison and Mr. Arthur Minor, and I want them to tell a little bit of their story, too. Well, Arthur and I are thankful for a God that never stops pursuing us. Um, Arthur and I's story started 30-something years ago. Arthur was my first love. We were engaged in high school, but we were young, and things didn't work out, and we ended up going our own way. Um, I was married. Arthur was married. My husband passed away in 2013, and then Arthur was in a bad relationship, and somehow God saw to put us back together, and we reconnected. The first thing we asked each other was, will you go to church with me? So it was definitely God working in us. So we found a church, and we were doing good, and we were making new friends, new godly friends that were leading us. And... Um, we got married in 2015, and everybody thought we were living the fairy tale. And we ended up having to leave our church for things that were beyond our control and found ourselves um, looking for a new church. And Arthur said, let's go to Live Oak Baptist. We had been here once before. And he said, I really liked it there. Well, as soon as we walked in this door, we knew we were home. And we just felt the love immediately. Well, we got into Bible study, and we um, got involved in the church. And it seemed like everything was going great, but inside we were so broken. And come August, it just became too much for me. And I asked Arthur for a, a divorce. And I filed for a divorce. And Arthur moved to Slidell and found a church there. Once again, God's leading us. Found a church there with a pastor that has been counseling him and became a good friend. And I had a pastor who was there for me and just counseled me. And I had friends who stood up and and told me things I didn't want to hear. Got a strongly worded text from a very good friend that told me that God never sets you up for failure. Y'all need to work on this. And another friend who talked to me and said, asked me, is this something that you think you should do or is this something that God's telling you to do? And at that moment, I don't know why, but I thought it was God. But it wasn't. And then our church held a revival. And God, thank God for that revival. Because I came to that revival every night. And the reason I was able to make it to that revival was because I was able to drive myself here. And if y'all don't know, I have never in my life had a driver's license. But two months ago, God gave me the strength to finally go and get my driver's license. And so I was able to come back and forth to this church. And by the time, the, and, and during the whole revival, God spoke to me personally. And God knows I'm a very visual person. So he put signs in front of me constantly, like a church billboard that said, trust in the Lord, and a billboard on the road that said, don't give up, and a, a bumper sticker on the car that said, resist. And... By the time the revival was over, 
I came up to Mr. Addy and I told him, I said, you don't realize this, but God sent you here to save my marriage. And he did. And I called my husband and we talked. And we realized that even though we were both searching for God and trying to build a relationship with him, we weren't searching for him together. And we weren't making him the focus. We took vows, but our vows weren't with just us. We made a covenant with God. And we can't give up on that. So I'm thankful for a God who doesn't give up on me, a God who loves me and pursues me. And no matter what I do, he's always there for me. And I'm thankful that he has put this man back with me. And we still have our ups and downs. And I'm telling you that last night was not a good night. And Satan knew I was coming up here to give my testimony this morning. And he fought with me. But I said, you know what? My God doesn't give up on me, so mm -hmm. I'm not giving up on him. And so I got up here, and I said what I needed to say so that I could thank God for what, everything he's done for us and everything he continues to do because our story is not over. God's written mm -hmm. it. He knows what it's supposed to be. We just need to stop trying to edit it mm -hmm. and, and give it to him. And I'm thankful for every one of you because we wouldn't be where we are right now without Aliyah, without the love. You were there for us, not to sympathize with us, not to coddle us, but to encourage us, to encourage us to seek God and let him take over here. And we're very thankful for that. And I don't know if you have anything to add, but I'm just... Yeah. I wasn't going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> it's my turn now. <laughs> I want to let you all know right now, and this is, this is my wife. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't love my wife. I'm in love with my wife. Just as Christ died for the church, I would die for her, and I would die for you. I love this church. I love the people that's in this church. And anytime, anywhere, anyone needs anything, you got my number. Uh, God has been good to me. God has been really, really good to me. I told Allison last night I wanted to do this on my knees because I owe him that much. And so I'm going to do that. And I know Allison, her knee is hurting right now, so she can't see. <laughs> but... I love this woman, and I love all that she's done for me. She's been in my life. Last night's argument was, I don't defend her. She just don't know I would defend her to the end. And I will do that for the rest of my life. I owe Johnny, I owe Bobby Dale, because when I was crying on the phone and going on, only one person stood up and told me, shut up and listen. <laughs> He don't remember that, but yes, that's the way he put it. So thank you, God, for all that you've done for me and all that you continue to do. Thank you for being in my life. That's, that's all I have to say. I'm sorry we ran so long. <laughs> you got two. Okay. I have four minutes. Okay. Uh, I'll hold it for you. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Preached for 40 years, Jeremiah did. Nobody listened. And he wanted to quit. 
But he said, Lord, your word is burning in my heart. So strong is down in my bones, and I got to tell somebody. I've been excited all night. I mean, I'm fired up. I'm about to have a heart attack because the Lord is allowing me, a sinner saved by grace that deserves hell, didn't surrender until I was 45 and I'm 70. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to take a test. So listen to this. Mark 8, 37, 38. It's, I'm going to hurry. It says, <laughs> if anything worth more, is anything worth more than your soul, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message in the, these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Who all wants to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Yep. Some of them don't want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Raise your hand. They lifted hands, Pastor. All right. So, you go to Ezekiel uh, 3, 18, 19, and it says this. It says, if you tell them, and you know somebody might not know me, if you tell them, their blood will not be on my hands. So I'm telling all y'all, this book right here, I'm telling you, so if anybody out there, just one, doesn't know Jesus is Lord and Savior, your blood's on your hands. So don't do that. Get it straight today. Today is the day of salvation. And then it goes, and I want to read you something. You'll love this, Pastor. Nehemiah had went back to rebuild the wall sent by Cyrus after they had been held captive 70 years. And Ezra went with him for one reason, to read God's word. They found it. They think Daniel actually found the word and showed it to Cyrus the king. And when he read his name in there, that Isaiah had prophesied 100 plus years by name. It blew him away. And he sends them back to rebuild the temple, and he sends them back to rebuild the wall. But here's the kicker. When they built the wall back, and my sister already said this about revival, Ezra stepped up to read God's word. Now listen, if we're not reading God's word, you're missing out. Oh, you might go to heaven, but how are you going to get there? And when you get there and you say, I loved you, Lord, Really? Did you read my word? Because this is his love letter. This is his, this is his letter of instruction. Guys, when you had those love letters, did you read them? Ladies, did you read those love letters if you got any? Listen what happened. He told Ezra to step up. They built a platform and put him above the people. He faced the square just inside the water gate. From early, listen, he read the Bible from early morning until noon. What would we do if our pastor got up here and started reading the Bible to us from time we got here till noon? You reckon anybody would be doing that? See, I've done that before. That's why I can tell you that. Not since I got on fire for Jesus. I don't care how long he preaches. But it says... And then it says, Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. I'm not telling you to lift a hand, but if you feel like it, get after it. Because we come here to, to worship the King of Kings. We walk in here like a statue. 
full. Excuse me, Lord. Listen, we come in here to worship the King of Kings, and we ought to be excited. I'm talking about excited. I don't care if LSU won or not. We come to worship the King. We're on holy ground. And then it says, he told them, some of them started weeping, listening to God's word. They got so convicted. And he says, don't weep. Don't, don't mourn now. We fixing to have revival. We fixing to pull out the food, which is what happened shortly. You ever notice how many people come when we eat food? He said, we're going to feast, and we're going to be glad for Jesus. And then it says in Matthew 7, the most scariest verse, the most scariest verse to me in the Bible. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesize in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But, when you read B-U-T in the Bible, he's fixing to make a statement. But. I never knew you get away from me, you who break God's laws. Listen to me, church. Do you know of him or do you know him? Because all he asks for is a personal relationship. So please don't take this judgmental because I've been guilty of this. But he gave me a chance. I'm over four minutes. I know it. But listen to this. Most important book you ever read in all your life. Amen. I surrendered when I was 45 years old and I was raised in church. I prayed, Lord, take me in and take me out. I hate to go home at night, living by myself. That hall looked like a cave. I slept on the couch. Wasn't scared of the dark. I knew God was real and he was speaking. And I surrendered at 45. I'm 70 years old, so I can tell everybody, it's okay to be happy about Jesus. Seriously. 70? Come on. He waited that long for me to be able to share. And I'm, my heart's doing this right now because I'm so excited that he allows me to share Jesus with my church family who I love, that y'all have ministered to me and my, my, my wife and my son who led us here. Jesus led him. He led us. God used my son, 16 years old, to lead us here. Listen, we come for an hour, 45 minutes to go home. Nah, this ought to be the most exciting place in the neighborhood our church so listen come on i don't know who out there don't go to sunday school i take you god allows me to teach his word i cannot believe that listen to me we ought to spend all the time we can with our jesus learning about him studying about him and when you read his word that's when he really speaks to your heart because this guy's uneducated i'm not going to tell you how i graduated but if people help me, you take it from there. I guess God to forgive me. But anyway, listen to me. God is great. God gave this guy a chance to share his word. I, too, I love you. It takes us all. God's doing something at this church. Gave a pastor a new vision to read through the Bible. I'd never done that. I've gone through three Bibles, never read through the Bible. we got eight or nine weeks left. Thank you, Pastor. Because I'm getting fed stuff I never, ever 
real iron. Had it highlighted, but when you're reading through it. So listen, listen. Every day. Every day. I love y'all. Thank you, Pastor. Good talk. Please don't take any of that judgmental. I'm only sharing with you. I love y'all. Speaking of me. I told him a while ago it took him nine minutes to tell me he was going to talk for four. <laughs> and so I, I put the Bobbydale factor into my, into my time today. It was good. I appreciate everybody to come up and talk this morning. You know, um, literally, um, I, I told you I didn't have notes. I don't. This, this is just a different reference I want to read out of this translation. I mean, out of a different um, version of the Bible. But let me read this in Ephesians 1, chapter 15. It says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and in his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. Let me read a, a different a reference out of the message, and, and it breaks it down a little bit easier. Hear these words. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the master, Jesus, and, the, and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop giving thank. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and I give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask that the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life that he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, his endless energy his boundless strength. You know, whenever I say these words and whenever Paul penned these words and when Paul was writing this, if you go back and you read when Paul wrote, there was times that Paul would write to the churches and he would write to the, the followers that was following him and that he was leading. And there was times that he would correct them, but he always loved them and he always gave thanks for them. You know, and when you see this, and, and you know that whenever Paul was being thankful, when he was talking to all these different churches, you know, and I want you to hear this morning that your staff prays for you. We pray for you. We give thanks for you. I was in the vehicle with a dear friend this week. And I almost felt guilty. <laughs> for what God was doing here because he's moving and he's shaking and he's doing things. And I felt guilty for a few minutes and I said, I can't hide that. I can't help what God's doing. 
And then Friday, I had the opportunity to go sit at another church and meet a missionary from a third world country. And to hear him share his heart. I left out of there broke. Because here's a man that don't know nothing but to love God. It's not about a building. and It's not about property. Him and his brother in five years started 117 churches. And they didn't even know what a church planner was. Because they were so in love with God, they had to be infectious about it. And they had to run and tell people about it. But even then, I've had these verses picked for weeks. And he sat there and shared these verses. And he said, do you pray for your people? Do you give thanks for your people? Do you spend time with your people? So this morning, you've heard different stories. You heard from Leanne, and you heard Arthur and Allison's story, and you heard Bobby Dale's story, and you heard Lisa and you heard Donnie, and you've heard different ones, and all of us have our stories about how we can be thankful to God, don't we? Don't keep it in here. Take it out there. Take it out there. That world needs to hear about the God that we worship in here. That world needs to be worshiping the same God we worship. But the only way they're going to do it is if we take it to them. The only way they're going to do it is if we read our word and we know our word and get excited about our word. And I know we pick on Mr. Bobby, but Mr. Bobby calls me weekly and calls Frank weekly to tell us about something he read this week and how excited he gets. And that's the way we should be. Every time we read that word, we should be thankful and it should excite us. But are we doing it? I love my God. I love my God. Donnie used a word a while ago, and I stood in the back when he said I was fearless. I have fear sometimes, but I got a God that's bigger than that fear. And I got a God that don't give up on me. And I got a God that chases me and pursues me. But I believe in him. And I trust him. And I think there's some in here this morning that we might not have given him our whole hearts yet. And today we need to follow him. There's some of us that we need to come back to him. And we need to pursue him. 